inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Keaton Nelson Show. I have a very, very special guest for you today, Mrs. Miss Maddie Dalmaso. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, misses, we're not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. Yeah, it'd be a different. I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm stoked for our conversation together. It's always a good one. Yeah. So, Maddie, I just wanted the audience to get to know you a little bit. I love like to um for you just to tell them about yourself and then I'll get into the questions. Sure, like background, what I like for food or like what you do. What like what what do you do? What do I do? Oh my god. Um what do I do? I guess like at a professional, in a professional sense way of explaining it, um, I work mainly with women in business, helping them align their lifestyle in business. So um, while I do have male clients, I market mostly to women. Uh, I found out early on in my business journey that a lot of the business strategies that were being presented and um, celebrated and pushed, I guess, into the coaching industry, where mainly really just masculine and uh, a lot of bro marketing. And I did that myself for like three years and burnt out of it completely and had to find a new way that was more aligned with uh, myself and how I wanted to run a business. And that led me to figuring out how to run a business in a way that works with my life. And uh, in a more, you know, relaxed way, if we can have it all. And we believe that all is possible through God and through the universe, then why can't we have a business that makes us happy and is very, very, very profitable? So I grew very passionate about helping women align their lifestyle and who they are with their business. So I guess that's what I do. Cool. And I'm a podcaster and cre- content creator and dog mom and sister and Gemini and human design manifesting generator. <laughs> Love it. Um, how was it like growing up for your Ma- Maddie Damaso? Were you you growing know, up? Yeah, parents together, <laughs> rich, poor, middle class, cities. So we were middle class. We were middle class. Uh, I think yeah, middle class. Both my parents um have been married and divorced. Mom divorced three times, married four. Dad married three, divorced three. My parents divorced when I was two. So all I knew, little Maddie, all she knew was that she got two birthdays, two Christmases, two, two everything. Um, my parents always got along. I never saw them argue. I never saw them yell at each other. I not, never saw anything hostile at all. And I give them major kudos because I can't imagine that that was the easiest thing in the world. But very blessed that even though, yeah, they got divorced when I was two, I, I never saw um any ill anything from either of them towards one another they always had love for each other no matter what season of life they were in together um so that was good and then they were both entrepreneurs actually so my mom was and still has her cleaning business that she opened when she was 16 uh she started cleaning houses when she was 16 um was emancipated actually around the same time and started living on her own opened a business, started cleaning, and she still has that business today. So I saw her work her bum off um, for many years. I think the day that she delivered me in the hospital at 26, she cleaned like three houses herself or something and then popped me out. So she was a badass. Um, And then my dad was a mechanical engineer by trade and actually got into construction. um, Let's see, when I was probably 10 or 11. And he he uh, was doing side jobs and stuff in construction for a while. So I saw him work his bum off as well. And then um, he grew into the digital space and, and beyond. So yeah, but yeah, both of them were super driven, always have been successful, always have been workhorses. Um, they had a great relationship. And so very blessed in that area. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I said you're a sister. My sister? You said you're a sister. Uh, I am a sister. Brother, sister, younger, older. I have two baby brothers. So my middle, the middle is 19, turning 19. And the baby is turning 16. He just started driving. That's cool. I I know. 
you're your dad's only child and mom has yes i'm the only offspring from them (laughs) (laughs) gotcha um and then did you go to college i did where'd you go i went so i went to three colleges okay number one I went to three colleges this is fun because we talk all the time but you probably don't know like a lot no exactly yeah so we I we me by myself I went to Kent State University first in Ohio and I went there because I wanted to get into fashion design I still love fashion I'll probably have a clothing line at some point but it's not today so I went there for two years and my agreement with my parents was that they would pay for the first two and I'd pay for the second two. So I went to Kent State University. I was in sewing class and long story short, I just realized that I was not going to be the one sewing the clothes together and I hated it. And I did not care about the types of sleeves that you could sew on to a blouse. So I realized it wasn't for me and that I needed to transfer into business. Um, but paying, you know, 30K a year for a business degree that you can get anywhere when I had to start paying junior and senior year made no sense. So I wanted to keep all my credits and still have fashion as like a minor. So I transferred to a small state school in Framingham, Massachusetts called Framingham State. I went there for a semester, kept all my credits, was still in fashion, still hated it. Um, And then, well, sorry, no, I didn't get to keep all my credits. That was the thing. And that's why I transferred again to Fitchburg State, which is an even worse school. Uh, just to get my business degree, get the piece of paper and be done with college. Um, So I transferred there second semester of junior year and did three semesters uh, at Fitchburg State University and and graduated from there, the degree in business. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Were you like in a sorority or anything? I was. I was an alpha fee for a year. And I know that sororities are amazing. I've heard so many great things about them. It was not for me. I did not do well in sorority life. I do not do well with rules or being told what to do. So, you know, we were in college and you can, you know, drink and stuff for the first time without your parents breathing over your neck. And not that my parents were ever super strict about that, but I, I didn't like being told what to do. And they were threatening to like kick us out of bars and all this stuff. So it was like having parents on campus and it just was not for me. And then inside the sorority setting, it was very in mine it was just a bit clicky like it wasn't easy to build relationships for me and I'm a fairly outgoing friendly person and I really struggled to build relationships inside that sorority I went in with the best friend and I came out with the same best friend she got kicked out and I resigned a year in (laughs) I have I have a funny story I'm gonna tell it yeah Um, (laughs) what um what do you say to, what do you think about having that business degree? Like you hear like people like Gary Vee and all these people talking about, you uh-huh. don't need a, a degree to be good in business or anything like that, blah, blah, blah. Like what, what, what's your thoughts on it? You went to school for business, so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't learn anything about business until I graduated college. So I don't know really what that tells you. you I don't get it, you know, like. I It's to me, so when I went to college, you know, both my parents did not go to college. My dad went to a few classes at uh, Lowell University in Mass, mm-hmm. but I don't think he had like the full college experience. So they really did want me to have that. And I was excited to get away from, you know, my small hometown and, and have the whole college experience. So it was good for me in the social aspect and the confidence aspect and learning how to be on my own for the first time. But I remember my dad saying like, if anything, if anything comes to this, like just network your ass off. He's like, just meet as many people as you can build your Rolodex. Like at 18 years old, he's telling me this, like build your Rolodex, connect with people, like make friends. You never know who you're going to hire after you graduate college. <laughs> so you're like, who's going to need to work for you or, you know, things of that nature. So I did do that. I networked a lot. Um, but nowadays there's, if you're going to get into business, in my opinion, like my middle brother right now, I advised him not to go to college and he didn't. And he's already in sales and making like a thousand bucks a week in sales at 19 years old. So he's avoided that whole four-year thing called college that in my opinion, if you're going to get into sales or business or you want your own company, it just doesn't make any sense to go to college. Yeah, I agree with you. Other than the networking thing. 
but honestly there's so many ways to network now like there's personal development events there's masterminds there's networking events there's apps now where you can swipe and meet business partners like i i am definitely going to struggle if my kids want to go to college and they want to be in business because it just doesn't make sense to me yeah <laughs> i agree i agree so when did you stumble on let's say bob proctor i don't think that was the first thing that you stumbled upon but like like when, when did you get into self-development all that type of stuff was it after college during college i want to hear the story like because my guess are, unless it was like your all your life um absolutely not yeah not my whole life i was very much a dramatic teenager for a while i can imagine <laughs> I <bet you> <laughs> just being honest so I got into network marketing at 18 I remember I turned 18 years old and my dad was like okay great it's your first legal business you're 18 like let's sign up let's get you signed up so once I was legal to be in business and make my own money my dad had me doing that um which brilliant on on his end um so we started going to network marketing events and if you're familiar with the industry of network marketing, you know, at events, they have a lot of speakers, personal development. They have people like Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, um, Sarah Blakely, Jesse Itzler, uh, Gary Vee. I mean, all these people, Grant Cardone, speak at their events. Um, and it's very much rooted in the personal development industry. So we started going to those events thinking that we were going to build a business. And we ended up being exposed to, you know, all these like thought leaders and, it was an event in Vegas called GoPro Master with Eric Worre and uh, Bob Proctor got on stage. And I remember being in the audience, my dad was next to me. And for the first time ever, I saw uh, this thing. I saw this thing for the first time ever, the stick man guy. It's a mind map. If you can't see the video, it's a mind map of the conscious, subconscious mind, the body, and then your a person's results. So we saw that and it was like all of a sudden, all the woo-woo personal development stuff was simplified and practified, if that's a word, in a way that I could understand it to improve my life. And my dad was a mechanical engineer by trade, as I said, and he saw it too. And he was like, okay, wow, like that, this makes a lot of sense. I want to work with this guy. So that was how we were exposed to Bob. And then I was in network marketing, but my dad had gotten married like a year later and his wife wanted to be a Bob Proctor consultant. So he ended up getting involved with her um, and fast forward when I ended up graduating college from Fitchburg State, I ended up becoming my dad's assistant for a year just to learn business. Because as I said, I graduated college with zero business experience, wanting to get into business and college didn't teach me jack crap about business and what it actually means to run a company. So my next best thing to get a business degree was to shadow my dad for a year. So I did, I became his assistant um, and I became for the consulting company with Bob Proctor, I worked in that company, just absolutely fell in love with it and the material. Um, and I think in life, when you're faced with a fork in the road, I think it causes you to ask some big questions. And my big questions at that time were, do I wanna go into corporate America and work my way up the ladder, which I would be very good at, and I knew that, or do I wanna create my own business? But if I did that, I don't know what I would do, what I would sell, what I would offer, what, what would I create? I have no idea. And also entrepreneurship was presented to me as this terrifying endeavor at the time. So um, both sounded awful. Both options sounded so bad. And it left me really anxious and like in a chaotic state. And so I started diving really hard at that point into personal development and into Bob Proctor's material because I was just looking for answers. I was just so hungry to figure out life and to figure out what I wanted to do, what my purpose was, who I wanted to become. Like I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted. So personal development for me and Bob Proctor at that time was that outlet. And that was when I was 21 or I really started diving into personal development um, and took it seriously for the first time. So can you take me from that point till now? <laughs> that point till now. Give so, me the big, the big, big bullet points, you know? like Okay, okay. Okay, got into personal development. So I was already in it, but started taking it seriously at around 21. And 
the reason why was because I, I didn't know what I wanted or who I wanted to become. So the first things that I started focusing on was income and my purpose. I wanted to know why I was on the planet. So I started using personal development to figure that out. And within six months of being like taking it seriously, doing everything in a program called Thinking Into Results, doing everything to a T. Six months later, I had like quadrupled my income, which at that time I wasn't earning much. I was earning like a thousand dollars a week, but I ended up earning with 10K months at, you know, at that point, 22 years old um, in yeah, sales. The difference between a thousand dollars a week and, and $16,000 a month. <laughs> 10K a month. Oh, it's 10K. Okay. Yeah. 10K a month. Yeah. So, but my thing was like 10K months, 10K months, like once you get to 10K months, like you've made it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the golden ticket. And then I got there and realized that that was not true, but I got there within six months. And another goal that I had was a white Range Rover. So I ended up manifesting that as well, or co-creating that as well. And that really was like the proof or the cement that I needed to really take this personal development as a career seriously mm-hmm. because now I had my own experience and I had my own credibility if you will I had like walked it and not just talked about it so after that I uh ended up partnering with my dad and his consulting company at 22 I think his wife at the time and him got divorced and he was like I don't want to run this by myself I have four other companies that I'm running and I need your help so I became 50 50 partners with him in a company called Matrix Success Network. And we just had the best time. You know, 22, single, dad was single. We started like traveling the world together, going to Bob Proctor events, speaking on stages together, running events together, coaching together. Um, And he was really such a great guide for me. Um, You know, I think about working with my kids one day and I hope I would be the same, but he was just so generous, so giving would give me the platform 10 out of 10 times before he gave himself the platform. Um, and so that, that was just really beautiful. So we ended up traveling the world and coaching and building this thing to, uh, I think we built it up together to about 3 million a year at the time. And uh, that was cool. You know, I remember seeing payments like 10, 20, 30K at a time coming in and being like, oh my God, like this is one day's work how is this real life <laughs> like I remember feeling so like crazy with seeing seeing these numbers come in the accounts it was nuts to me and I think the pivotal point for both of us was the year 2019 um sorry 2020 beginning of 2020 we had built the business up together and we're at like a peak and um we went to Los Angeles for an event with Bob and we had done really, really well in business that year in 2019 or we being celebrated in 2020. And that's when Bob Proctor brought me up on stage in front of like his global audience. It's on my social media went crazy. Um, we got a lot of exposure, a lot of praise because of Bob. Um, and that was just absolutely insane. That was definitely a pivotal moment for me in my, in my journey. And then at that event, I'll never forget, Bob looked at me and he's, he asked, you know, Madison, what do you want? I was like, I want, and I kind of like looked at my dad and I was like, what's our goal? Like, what do we want? And Bob was like, why are you looking at him? And I was like, well, like we're business partners, like we're in this together. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, what do you want? And I had realized in that moment that I was so bought into my dad's vision and my dad's company and building what he wanted. And I hadn't really stopped to ask myself, wait, is this really what I want still? And my dad didn't like that question because I was like the best business partner ever <laughs> as I pat myself on the back. <laughs> but, you know, I ran all the social media accounts. I did, the, I did all the marketing. Like he sold and he coached and I did everything else. So for him, he had no interest in learning about the things that I was doing for him. And to replace me at that point was like a nightmare. Because I also hadn't created SOPs or systems. Like I was just doing this thing by myself. (laughs) Um, And Bob asked me, he's like, what do you want? And I was like, well, I want to do what you're doing. And he's like, I believe you. I believe that you can do what I'm doing. He's like, but you don't need him. And I was like, Bob, (laughs) he's right here. Don't say that. He's like, you don't need him. He's like, you can do this. And 
he planted a seed in my mind where I couldn't let let go of that. And it was like two years later where it finally built up enough and I ended up leaving my dad and that company that we grew together and creating my own uh, brand called the Madison Rose brand um, and took that to multiple six figures in the first year and we're going on year two. So that's been just a blessing um, and full circle. You know, I now run my dad's company and matrix for him. So I'm back in the capacity that he loved me in, but I needed to go out and do my own thing and create my own business, my own container um, as just a way to express myself and, and be who I am, you know, and teach the information the way that I teach it. So I think that's full circle to today. Um, rest in peace, Bob Proctor. But um, yeah, that's how we got here. Fantastic. Um, what was it really like? What's the stuff that people don't talk about? About which part? Let's say uh, growing the business like to three million growing matrix or growing my own actually growing your own i want to hear about that growing my own. I'll, I'll be like bob sorry I said i'll be like bob i want to know about you okay so growing my own um was terrifying because you're leaving not only was i leaving a family dynamic in business which was scary because you know it's family and you don't want to ruffle any feathers there of course you know you have love for family members, but sometimes it's maybe not the best working sitch or whatever, or you just need to do your own thing for whatever reason. And in my case, that was the reason there was nothing bad that happened. I just felt this internal pull to go and do something on my own. So the fear of like, you know, what's he going to think? What are our clients going to think? What are people around us going to think? Like we've built this image together and now all of a sudden I'm just abandoning ship. Like, is this selfish of me? Um, am I going to regret it? Can I even do it on my own? What if I'm a failure? And then he doesn't want me to come back. I mean, so many questions like the unknown. Um, but the fire and like the urge inside me was so much stronger than the fear that I felt about it all going in the wrong direction. And I knew this is something that I do for myself all the time. If I'm faced with a hard decision, I always fast forward to the end of my life. And I ask, like 99 year old Maddie, if she wishes she had just tried to do the thing that she was wondering she could do. And I went into my wise self and she was like, no, you need to do this. You need to go and you need to do this. Like, it's going to be okay no matter what, but you just, you need to go and you do this. If you don't do this now, we're going to die wondering what would have happened. So I was like, all right, well, there's my answer. So screw the details, screw the house, screw wondering how it's going to all work out like that's none of my business I've just got to go and the pieces will fall together so I had the hard conversation and started the Madison Rose brand um and I had so much excitement and so much energy mind you you know I didn't start from scratch I already had a following I already had a presence online and so when I started I think people were waiting to see me step into my own they were waiting to to see my self expressed more and so when I started, it was just like madness. Like the first month was a six figure cash month. The second month was close to, um, and then I learned a lot of lessons after that, which we can get into, but, um, what I want to know, what were those lessons you learned? Yeah. So I ended up creating the same thing that I left. So because my dad was a mechanical engineer by trade salesperson, you know, he's an amazing salesperson. And he's also a man, right, in his 50s. So we run things very differently. And that one of the reasons why I was excited to create my own was so that I could create a business in the way that made me feel like joyful. Like I could fall in love with my business. I could love coaching it, selling into it, being in it. It wouldn't feel like a job. It wouldn't feel like resistant to me at all. Um, but what I did was after the first month of just doing like click and pays, like I would literally post a link and people would pay and sign up for things. I would speak online and people would pay and sign up for things. And that's why I had my first six figure cash month. Um, and then after that, like the paradigm snuck in and was like, you need systems, you need a sales team, you need operations, you need strategy, you need all this stuff. And I was like, shit, like I do, like, I don't have an infrastructure to support this. I didn't need it though. Like I didn't have one to get it. Why did I need to create one? to maintain it. It didn't, to me now that doesn't make sense, but at that time that was my thinking. So 
I paid, you know, I invested like mid five figures, like basically all of it I invested back in. So I was like, let's do this. Like, this is amazing. We're going to scale. We're going to grow. I'm going to prove myself. Like I wanted to hit a million the first year. Um, <laughs> it was very ambitious. <laughs> so I was willing to just throw spaghetti at the wall, basically. I brought in a sales team, hired two guys in their thirties and forties to coach me in this free spirited business where I just post links and people buy. And now they're telling me that I have to be on a meeting every morning with my sales team and I have to coach them on handling objections. And I have to, oh my God, do all this stuff that I just absolutely hated. And three months of working with both of those guys, building out the whole infrastructure and feeling so much anxiety about it and not even wanting to show up to my own team meetings. I was like, time to start over again. (laughs) It's time to burn the ships and start over again. What's it so like? So I did. Ships. What's yeah? What's it like burning those ships? Um, how do you process it in your head? Like, like, is it? You don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't. I didn't. I don't think so. For me, every time I got on a team call, every time I talked to the people that I was paying to mentor me at the time, I felt so much anxiety in my body. I would get off the calls and just be like oh my God, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to do this. I don't trust them. I don't trust me with their direction. I don't even trust that this is going to work. I don't trust that this is going to be a good thing for me. My energy is not behind it. It felt awful. But then there was this voice in the back of my head saying, this is the right thing to do. This is how everything builds. everyone builds their business. This is what everyone else is doing. You have to make this work. You have to prove yourself. If you don't do this, you're not going to expand. You're not going to ever have a six-figure cash month again. You're never going to do it. So I held on for three months. And every time the anxiety would build up. So I knew what I needed to do. I just didn't do it because again, I was scared. I was scared of, I was scared of, I think, not being able to blame anyone else but myself. And I was also struggling with fully trusting myself in my own decision-making. And for some reason, I believed in a 50-year-old man's wisdom more than my own, probably from my dad because he was my first guide. You know, so subconsciously, I was just looking for that masculine figure to tell me what was going to work and not trusting myself. So when I let everyone go, I was just, you know, I had built up business to the point where I had five figures a month coming in. So I had a little bit of a runway to shut down and rebuild and do things the way that felt good to me. So because of that, I felt okay my nervous system felt okay I didn't feel like I was you know next month has zero dollars coming in and I've got to figure out how I'm going to do it by myself there was there was a little bit of a a runway there so I just I I did again I just did it I had the hard conversations I went to my 99 year old self and said is this the way that we want to run business is this the way that we get to where we want to go and she was like no and I said okay well I know what I have to do then so to me the faster you move on that stuff the faster you get to live out life like the way that you really want to live it out and in the way that you're supposed to live it out. So I have no problem burning shit to the ground. Why else are we here? What are we going to do? Stay into something for five years wondering if it's a good thing or not? Absolutely not. See ya. (laughs) Oh man. Speaking to me, Maddie. Speaking to me. (laughs) Oh God. Um... What's something that scares the crap out of you in a good way? Losing people I love. And in a good way. In a good, in a good way. way? Oh. Yeah. No, that's the worst way. That's like my biggest fear. I hate that. Um scares the crap out of me in a good way. Right now? Yeah, right now. And I think it could be like, you know, the the two different sides of the stick, man. I know the audience won't understand what I'm talking about, but like it could be fear, but it's really excitement. Scares the crap out of me in a good way. Um, I just, so right now there's nothing currently that scares the crap out of me that I'm facing right now, but I did just face another one, which was ending a three-year relationship that scared the crap out of me. Um, because I'm 26 and a lot of people are getting married and having babies and all the things. And I felt like external pressure to do that and to settle down, but I was not with the right person. Um, So that scared me. You know, I live in Georgia right now. I'm I'm about to move 
back to Massachusetts to be close to my family for a year. Um, that scares the crap out of me because it's like a new chapter again. Yeah. Um, so that scares me, but in a good way, because I know that I'm I'm going to be close to family. I'm going to be supported around people that I love, you know, having family around is just so important to me. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also terrified of it because I know myself so much and I know that I get bored easily. So <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to be there. <laughs> Gotcha. And it's freaking cold. I, I actually have I have another one that actually makes more sense. It scares the crap out of me to die with regrets. And that's a good thing because that's what helps me make decisions so fast. I like that. Um what what's the filter? I like the filter you run it through, right? It's my OG filter, man. I'm telling oh. you. Like what's the 90, 99 year old Keaton, 99 year old Maddie deathbed? What would their answer be? And it's pretty straightforward. It's you get it back so fast and then you're like, oh crap. Yeah. Now right. what? Uh, if you could talk to anyone dead or alive and you could ask them one question, what, who are you going to, who are you going to ask? And what's, uh, what's the question going to be? And what do you think the answer is? this is interesting question for me because I feel like we can ask God right now and get an answer for anything that we want to know but um let's say a mortal like a like a, a human I would probably want to talk to Bob um and I probably would want to ask him <laughs> I don't know why I was asking that. Uh, I love Bob Proctor. We had such a cool relationship. Um, I would probably ask him what he sees in me that I'm not doing or executing on and where I'm holding myself back. I'd want to ask Bob that. Um, and what I think he would say, I think he would actually tell me that I'm on the path but that I need to make myself more important. He'd probably tell me that. Mm -hmm. He that's what he said when he was alive anyway. Um, I have a habit of like wanting to help others so much um, and I'm good at it. Like it's what I do in business, but in terms of like getting myself out there, like Bob would definitely tell me to get, get my butt on stages and start talking to kids and talking to people. Um, and I haven't done that yet. I need to do that because I'm, it's a gift that I have. Um, I just haven't done it because I'm like, why, why would people want to hear my voice on stage? You know? So he probably say that. I'll tell you from the couple calls that you were coaching a group that I got to experience, even if you ran it like that, it's from stage would be incredible. Um, thank you. I received that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what's Actually, I wanted to go back to what's the line between self-care and selfishness for you? Like, where do you mm -hmm. think that line is? So I think I battle with that as a people pleaser, like you said yourself too. Like, there's got to be a line, right? Oh, yeah. It's called boundaries and policies. So anytime where you feel frustration or resentment in life or business is a really strong indicator that you're lacking a boundary for yourself and therefore need to create one. And the way that I like to describe a boundary is something that's created for something that's not working to make it work. That's a very simple, something that's created for something that's not working so that that thing works. <laughs> like this isn't working for me. What can I do to make this work for me? Um, so self-care and boundaries are really inter intertwined because if you don't have any boundaries and you're just walking around like saying yes to everything, right? Like yes man syndrome, then now your cup is so empty emotionally, spiritually, mentally, intellectually, 
you haven't recharged at all. You don't have any magnetism going about you because if you think about like a um think about like an energy ball in your mind. And if you think about other balls all around this energy ball in your mind, and now this this ball in the middle is just giving all of its energy to these other balls to making them go, it's empty. It's empty. And when this ball in the middle empties, they don't have a supply anymore. Then they all die. So the way that energy works is very much so like that. It's the law of rhythm, right? In order for things to work, there needs to be a rhythm to something, right? Money in, money out. Tides go in, tides come out. Um, the sun, right? The moon. We have these patterns, seasons, winter, summer, spring, right? We have these patterns in life, in nature, that are a beautiful mock for what we need to do as human beings, having a social life on the planet. When we give, we need to get back. When we exert energy, we need to fill ourselves back up. Otherwise, we're going to become deflated and everyone that's been building with us or benefiting from us is going to be like, what the hell happened to Keaton? <laughs> you know, like he's not Keaton. And then your ball is completely empty and you've got nothing left to give. You burn out and then you're like, why am I even doing this? So it requires a lot of trust that this is true because the natural instinct of someone who's like a people pleaser we want to please people. And when we're not, we feel like our world is ending and things are crashing and we're letting people down and we're disappointing people. And we feel like now our money's going to go down and this is going to go down and business is going to go down. If I'm not there, my life's going to get worse. But that's not true. There's so much power in not being there. If you think about some of the most influential people, like they're not posting on social media every single day a hundred times a day. Why? Because there's space in between. And in that space in between, people think about them, people wonder about them, people want to know what's going on with them. There's like this desire to learn more versus being readily available all the time. When you create boundaries, you create respect from other people who are operating around you. I'll give you an example. So I have family all over the US and then I have a business that I run Two, and then I have travel for business. So it's very normal for me to want to or be asked to travel at least four times a month. Family, business, life, fun. And I one time traveled back to back two months, four times each month. And I was maybe home for like three days, four days within those two months. And I was miserable. I got home and I sat on the couch like a sack of potatoes and I didn't want to do anything. And I was completely empty and I didn't have fun. In the last two trips, I was like, this sucks. Get me out of here. When filled up cup, Maddie would have been so happy to be there. So I came up with a policy. I travel twice a month and I don't go over that limit. My family knows it. My business people know it. My colleagues know it. Everyone knows this. So if I've got two things booked on my calendar, like my mom knows this. She's like, hey, are you booked for this month? No, mom, I'm not. What do you want to do? Let's do something. Like everyone knows this because if people don't know how to act or operate with me, but then they're asking me all these things and then I'm having this internal conflict. Like, oh my gosh, I have to say no, but do I say yes? Do I say no? It's like, <laughs> now they feel weird because they're like, you're flaky. You don't show up on time. You're da 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 da. When really, no, you're not. You just don't have boundaries for yourself. So there's this weird thing. Yes. This is with clients too in business, right? Like in my world, my clients know I don't answer anything on Wednesdays and I don't answer anything on Saturdays and Sundays. They know this, they love this, they respect this and they work around this. Mm -hmm. oh, man. So self-care is self-respect and you have to have boundaries in order to have that. Yeah. It's weird. Have you ever, I'm, I've done this. So I'm asking if you've done it. Have you ever set boundaries and then broken them and then like all hell breaks loose? Have I ever set boundaries and then broken them and all hell breaks loose? Yeah. No. 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 Not intentionally. So when I left the partnership with my dad, a, a unspoken boundary in my mind was like, I'm never doing sales again. Like I'm never doing this stuff again. But I didn't have like this boundary. Like I, I'm not kidding you. I have my policies for myself are in my phone. Like, and I read them often so that I don't forget how I operate and how I am the best version of myself. But I didn't like write it down or have a system for it at the time. I just like had this desire to not do sales calls again and to not have an overly masculine business again. 
but there was nothing like set in stone or anything like that. I hadn't communicated it to anyone. And so my subconscious mind just took over and created the same shit, not shit show, but the same in my mind, it was a shit show because it wasn't like how I wanted to do business. It created it again. So your subconscious mind will default every single time to your normal habits and how you normally run your life. If you you don't like, like be be your own boss, like write down your policies. (laughs) Love that. Um, I'm going to like, I have a few questions that I want, I always want to try and get through uh, at the end, yeah. of the end of the show. Um, I've gotten a heck of a lot out of, out of this conversation. I hope that the listeners did too. Um, what's the favorite place on earth you've been to? Oh my gosh. I love Maui. Maui's so pretty. Oh, like I would live there for like a month. I think Maui's gorgeous. And then for me, it's very nostalgic. St. Martin, we used to go as a family every single year when I was younger. So I love going to St. Martin and laying on the beach with airplanes fly over you. That's awesome. Um, what are the top three things on your bucket list? I need to go skydiving. Okay. Like I have been wanting to skydive for the last five years. I think we're, I'm probably going to do it this year, but skydiving, um, bucket list, skydiving for sure. Um, bucket list. I'd like to bring tens of thousands of people to God. Um, and bucket list. I think it'd be so much fun to like backpack around the world for a year, like rugged, like (laughs) no luxury hotels, like no fancy clothes, just like a backpack, my stinky self and like food and just meeting people like on the planet. That would be sick. What do you think stopping you? Uh, I could do that this year. Don't tempt me. (laughs) I'm like, that's, that's the second question, the follow-up question to that. What do you think, what do you think stopping you? So from skydiving, nothing's stopping me except for I want to do it somewhere pretty and the the like the timing hasn't lined up yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I also want to do it with someone that I enjoy. So yeah, less so those two. I like the other two. I'm interested to hear your your answer. The other so bringing people to God, I've started that actually. That's been really cool. Like that was so unexpected. That's a whole nother podcast episode, but yeah, that's why we get on stages now. Um, and that's what I'm. That's like my next thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, nothing's stopping me. I just uh I haven't like declared that phase for myself yet, but it's coming probably within the next few months. And then the backpacking around the world one, I might I mean, I don't know. I might have to update you and say, guess what, Keaton? Your podcast made me start. Um, because I am moving this year. Well, well, I'm I'll putting all my stuff. I'll tell you what, is it I know where you're at in your life. Um, and with, I'll just be really frank and honest right here. Um, you just had a, had a, a breakup of three years. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is that you're going to attract the perfect person for you the next time around and mm-hmm. probably will not get an opportunity like this until your kids are grown. Um, Amen. So I just want to plant that seed. I'm not pushing you either way, but I'm just just knowing you and knowing where you're at. I just want to put that out there. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, I'd be more definitely. fun than a year in Massachusetts too. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing some. All stuff. I know, the only step that I received so far is put your stuff in storage, take what you need, and go home. Like that's the only direction that I've received so far. I would not be shocked if I end up. I don't. How do you even backpack? I bet you can figure that out. You figured out how to make six figures a month. I'm sure you can figure out how to backpack. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it. I'm gonna do it, Key, and I'm excited. Interesting. I'm glad I got to let you a little bit. I just decided right now. (laughs) I can't. That would. Oh my God! Can you imagine? You have to figure out a way to put stuff on social media because I want to follow that trip. Oh, for sure. Well, I have the hotspot. I at least know that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, speaking of which, right after this podcast, I want to introduce you to a couple people. Um, if you, this is my favorite question. 
on the podcast. Well, actually, I have, I have one quick one, and then I'll go into the, my favorite question. And I want to respect your time and respect mine as well. Um, what is one Boundaries. book that everyone should read? One book that everyone should read? The Bible. Yes, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. It's yeah. staring at me, actually. Where where are you? I know you said you're gonna you're reading it from front to back for the first time ever. Um, where are you at in the Bible right now? Uh, Enoch's, I think. I'm at the front. Awesome. Am I, um, am I saying that? Is that in it? Is it in it? I didn't know. If you have the book of I Enoch, have... that's supposed to be taken out of the Bible. So oh, it's really interesting. You're you're on that. Most Bibles. Nope, don't have I'm not. Either. I'm not. I'm not. I lied. I lied. I'm in Deuteronomy. Cool. Well, awesome. but let me tell you, I I would like if I was new, I would start. What I how I started was I I if I had a problem or a dilemma in life, I would Google best verses for this problem. Interesting. And that. best passages for this problem, and then I'd start reading. Well, that way, I could actually implement what I was reading. Mm-hmm. But all personal development books come from the Bible, you guys. So literally, I'm like, why would I not just go to the source? <laughs> um, all right. Now for my favorite question. You, mm-hmm. you're going to go back in time to any time in your life. Um, mm-hmm. And you get to talk to yourself. With like Maddie now, you get to talk to early Maddie, right? You get to show up there. You know it's yourself. Uh, what age would you go back to? But when you're there, you can only say three sentences and then you disappear. What are the three sentences you would say and why? So what age, what are the three sentences and why? Oh my God, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just felt my eyes well up. So I would go back to so what I didn't tell you guys is my parents divorced for I'm sorry they divorced when I was two they got back together when I was 14 and then they split again three years later and when they split three years later mm, that was really tough um so (laughs) I would go back to her I think I was probably what 16 or 17 16 turning 17 um and I would just tell her mom's going to meet the man of her dreams and she's going to be so happy. Dad is going to flourish in a way that you can't even imagine and meet eventually, you know, an amazing partner for himself. And, uh, you're, you're going to be absolutely amazing. You don't need to worry. Yeah. That's what I would say. Cool. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Explanation. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) So last part. Um what what can you do to help the listeners? What's your superpower? Mm, My superpower is seeing your blind spots. So if you're like, I don't know what to do in a five-minute conversation, I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what you want to do and confirm it for you. I can attest to those conversations. <laughs> I'll call Maddie up really quick. And I got this problem. She's like, this is what you want to be doing. And I'm like, I have, I'm really good at seeing your potential and, and like helping you avoid the things that are just totally unnecessary for your path. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether or not you listen is up to you. I've done both. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, what can you say in this interview that will help the listeners solve their problem or bring them closer to something that they desire? I think all of us desire to connect with where we came from. I think anyone listening to this podcast is listening because they're reaching for themselves to be better. They're reaching because they want to connect to something bigger. They're reaching because they want to feel fully expressed during their life experience. And so if I could say anything to you, it would be, to start building your connection with your own guidance system. We all have our own guidance system. Um, I call it like my guiding light. It's really just God speaking to us. Um, And so if you don't spend time listening to guidance, this may sound foreign, but 
if you don't spend time listening for intuition, listening for guidance every day, that's probably the number one thing that you could do to help yourself avoid so much pain and unnecessary BS in life and receive like the, the fast pill around a lot of problems in life, lifestyle or business, because you have a direct line of communication to our creator, whether you call it universe, God or source is up to you. I say God, but that has been my biggest um, advantage has been my biggest superpower in life and business and being able to create a, a gorgeous heavenly life on earth is, is having that when you're relying on humans for advice and humans alone, especially humans that don't guide you to that one source energy, it's very dangerous because you have your own guidance system. So if someone's not coaching you on how to tap into your own system and ask your own questions to your own guide, and they're telling you what they're receiving, that scares me. So I would encourage all of all of the people listening to this to, whether it's meditation, just sitting in silence for five minutes a day, or whether it's writing on the top of a piece of paper like I do, what do you have to tell me today? And just sitting there and waiting for whatever my pen wants to write. I write it down. I write down anything that comes to me, whether it's stupid, silly, funny, or serious, I write it down. And then when I look at all the things that I wrote down after, I almost always know which ones are me and which ones are my guide. And I'll circle those things and then I act on them. And that's why I can move fast in life and business because I just want to chase life, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to just, well, I don't want to just be a mundane, repetitive, boring ass human. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You're not. Um, where can where can uh, people follow you? Because I think people are going to want to follow you after this. Instagram is really easy. So it's just official Madison Rose on Instagram. We'll link it up. Yeah, I post all the things there. So yeah. Um, and then what if someone wants to get in touch with you? You think Instagram as well? Yeah, just send me a message. I, I work out of my Instagram messages and um, it's really me. So I'll respond to you and send you a voice note or something. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking your thank time you. to, come, to come on the show. And yeah, I got so much out of it. So I'm sure the, the listeners did too. And okay. um, yeah, just thank you. And then guys, thank you, Keaton. if this was for you, fantastic. Share it out. If it wasn't for you, I bet there's someone you know that it will be. So please share it out. Send it to them in a message do the reviews all those things you made it this far so i know you're interested at least a little bit so um thank you so much and until next time peace